My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. So I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls. Iniquity and trouble are also in the midst of it. Destruction is in its midst. Oppression and deceit do not depart from its streets. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me. Then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion and my acquaintance. We took, we took sweet counsel together and walked in the house of God in the throng. Let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell, for wickedness is in their dwelling and among them. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He has redeemed my soul and peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many against me. God will hear and afflict them. Even he who abides from old, Selah. Because they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. He has put forth his hands against those who were at peace with him. He has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord. And he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. But I will trust in you. When I was in high school, we had a thing called a junior-senior banquet and it was a fancy banquet when you got all dressed up and the juniors put it on for the seniors each year and my senior year there was a particular girl that I wanted to take to our junior senior banquet and I was nervous to ask her and so I, I went to my friends and do you think do you think she likes me should I ask her well let me ask her friends you know, and they're going back and forth and, and I think I'm going to I think I'm going to then I kept putting it off, I kept putting it off. And then eventually, one of my friends who was in that group came to me and said, hey, would it terribly upset you if I asked her? <laughs> uh, I guess not. <laughs> I'm, I'm too nice of a person. <laughs> but that hurt. It, it's a little thing now, and it's funny, but in the time, it hurt, not just because someone beat me to asking her, but because it was my friend. He knew my intentions. He knew I wanted to ask her. I had talked to him time and time again. 
and praise the Lord that he had much better things in store for me. And that summer, I ended up meeting my wife. But that was troublesome. Especially because it was my friend. We come to Psalm 55, David has been betrayed by his friend, someone who's close to him, someone he loves, and that makes it so much worse. You remember just a few weeks ago we were in a psalm where David was lamenting the enemies that were against him, and he said, they're strangers. I don't even know who they are. I don't even know why they're coming after me. We come to Psalm 55. David knows who's coming after him. In fact, he knows this person. He trusted this person. And they betrayed him. We don't know the exact situation to which David is referring to here in Psalm 55, but it seems to fit the time of Absalom's rebellion and Ahithophel's betrayal. But we're not told specifically. What we are told is that David has been betrayed. David is struggling with this. As you work your way through this psalm, it starts in the first two verses, you see David crying out to God. Then verses 3 to 15, David's enemies. Then verses 16 to 23, David turns his attention to God. The first two verses starts out, Give ear to my prayer, O God. Give ear. Hear me. He goes on, Do not hide yourself from my supplication. The idea there, do not hide yourself, it's, it's the idea of if, you're, if you were walking home and you went by your neighbor, neighbor's house and something was, something was off. You saw that there was something going on, but you just, you know, I don't have time for that. I'm, not, I'm just going to ignore that and keep going. That's hiding yourself from the situation, from the problem. I got a text from my friend today. And he said, the craziest thing that ever happened to me happened to me last night. He said he got home last night about 1.30 from a business trip and, and as he was walking, driving up his driveway, he noticed that at the neighbor's house there was a truck that shouldn't be there. He knew that his neighbor was gone and no one should be there. So he called his neighbor and sure enough, no one should be there. It's a single mom who lives in that house and she's got twin boys. So he grabs his gun, he grabs his flashlight and he walks over there and he's walking around the house and he goes around to the back and there's a light on. And he looks in and he sees... A man with no clothes on, walking, walking around in the house, drinking milk. He has no idea what's going on. So he calls the cops, and the cops come. And they end up arresting this guy. He never found out if this guy was drunk or high or what was going on. But he saw that there was something going on, and so he addressed it. He did not turn his attention away from it. He did not hide himself from the problem. He noticed it, and he went, and he approached it. That's what David is saying here. God, give ear to my prayers. Don't hide yourself. I know you see what I am going through. Don't ignore it. Don't shut your eyes to it. Do something. Attend to me and hear me. Notice the the, the repetition in there. Give ear to me. Do not hide yourself from me. Attend to me. Hear me. Four times in a verse and a half, David is crying out, God, do not ignore me. Hear me. See my situation. Hear my cry. 
It's almost like a child. Even just tonight, I ran home and to grab some dinner, and Avery's sitting there at the table, and she's trying to get our attention. She goes, Mommy, 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 just constantly until you listen. What? <laughs> what do you want? That's what David is here doing. Listen, hear me, don't ignore me. God, see me, hear me. He's pleading. Why? Well, look what he goes on to say in verse 2. I am restless in my complaints, and I moan noisily. I am restless in my complaint. That actually comes through in the psalm. You may have noticed while I was reading the psalm, but Psalm 55 jumps around a bunch. There's some times where you're reading, and David will jump back from, God, I'm trusting you, destroy my enemies. I'm trusting you, burn them. I'm trusting you, let the earth swallow them. I'm trusting you. He's, just, he's jumping back and forth. He can't, he can't focus. He is restless. And I moan noisily. It's an audible complaint when you struggle to put your cry to words. You can only mutter a formless prayer. Oh, I can't even put words to it. And you praise the Lord that we know that God hears even our formless prayers. Even our, our prayers, our desires that we cannot put words to. God sees, God hears, God knows. Even though David is restless, even though David just, his prayer is just coming out as a noisy moan, God hears him. And that's what we'll see later in the psalm. So here David is pleading. Verse 3 to 15, then David's enemies, or the situation in which David finds himself. So why is it that David is restless? Why is it that he's moaning? Why is it that he's crying for God? Well, it's because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down troubles upon me, and in wrath they hate me. While David struggles to put to words his sorrow, his enemy is eloquently and loudly accusing him. Not only that, not only is it the voice of the enemy, but it's their actions because of the oppression of the wicked. They bring down trouble upon me. They're, they're tossing it on me. They're piling it on. In wrath, they hate me. David is facing real people who are really seeking to do him harm. A lot of times I think, I know myself as I read through the Psalms and I, I come to a passage like this and, oh, David is struggling, I tend to just apply it, well, you know, I'm really struggling with this or that. David is facing a real enemy who really wants to do him harm. This is a serious situation in which he finds himself. This is not just a hypothetical. His life is really in danger. There are people who are accusing him. There are people who are seeking not just to do him harm, but to kill him. They hate him. And in verse 4 and 5, David kind of explains where he's at. Almost, almost mentally. My heart is severely pained within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. 
fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me. This is where I am at mentally. This is what I am going through. David's pouring out his heart here. He's being honest. He is in the throes of despair. I'm normally a fairly positive person. I tend to see the best in situations. But there are times when what David describes here in verse 4 and 5 describes my heart. When I struggle to capture sleep, I feel very similar to David is here. My heart is pained. Tears of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me. I can't control it. I'm overcome with fear. Horror has absolutely overwhelmed me. I think many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we've been there before. We know that feeling, that struggle. When, when you want to get out of it, you just, you can't. Terrors of death have fallen upon me, fearfulness and trembling. I can't even put it into words. I am just simply overwhelmed. And look at David's response, at least the response that his heart longs for. Verse 6, so I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. Oh, to simply flee my problems. To simply run away from my fears. To put it all in my past. To leave it all behind. I don't even want to deal with it. It's kind of an odd break there. And remain in the wilderness, Selah. Because verse 8 finishes the thought of verse 7. Verse 8 goes more with verse 7 than with verse 9. Well, I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and the tempest. It's almost as if David is writing a thought and in the middle of that thought he just pauses and ponders how sweet that would be just to run away and leave it all behind. My fearful heart My trembling soul, I would run like the dove, I would fly away. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Then in verse 9, we see this first rapid shift of David's mind. Destroy, O Lord, divide their tongues. It's a reference probably to Babel. It's a prayer for God to work a mighty miracle, divide my enemies, cause them to fail their scheme, work a mighty work on my behalf, divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go round on its walls, iniquity and troubles have also, are also in the midst of it, destruction is in its midst, oppression and deceit do not depart from its streets. They're all around me, day and night. They have free reign. David feels trapped. 
There's wickedness, enemies all around him, even in his own house. Even his best friend, someone who was close to him, someone has betrayed him. There's evil not just in the streets, it's in my house. Destroy, O Lord, divide them. And that's what you see in verse 12. What is troubling David most is not just enemies. David has lots of enemies. He's had lots of enemies. We've seen tons of enemies all throughout the Psalms. There's always something going on. But it's the betrayal of a close and trusted friend. Verse 12, it's not an enemy who reproaches me. Then I could bear it. Then I would expect, I expect an enemy to come against me. I'm ready for it. Nor is it one who hates me, who's exalted himself against me. If it was an enemy, I could, I, I, I could understand it. I'd be ready for it. It'd be difficult, but I could deal with it. If it was someone who just simply hated me, someone who, who was jealous of my throne and turned themselves against me, I could run, I could hide, I could avoid it. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, my acquaintance. I'm surprised by it, I'm stung by it, I'm overcome by it. You know my secrets. We took sweet counsel together. We walked in the house of God in the throng. We worshiped together. And yet, you've betrayed me. Here in verse 15, David again jumps back. We see this back and forth. Let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell, for wickedness is in, the, is in their dwellings and among them. Again, a cry out, judge them, God. Like God had done for Moses at Korah's rebellion, as the earth opened up and swallowed them in number 16. So let death, let hell seize them. Let them go down alive into hell. But then in verse 16, David jumps back again. He starts to turn his attention to God. As for me, I will call upon God. I will not flee. I will not fear. I will trust. I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud. Constant communication all day long. It almost harkens back to verse 10 where they are in the streets. They are on the walls all morning and all day. They have full access to the city. But David here says, but I have full access to my God. Evening and morning and noon I will pray. I will cry. God will hear me. So what he goes on to say, he shall hear my voice. 
He's redeemed my soul and the peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many against me. God will hear and afflict them. Notice David's growing confidence through this psalm. Even though he's still jumping back and forth, even though he still can't focus his mind, notice his growing confidence. The first two verses, he's, he's pleading for God, hear me, don't ignore me, don't turn your face from me. And here he's confident. Instead of giving up, instead of running away, David seeks the Lord. He waits on the Lord. And as he waits on the Lord, his faith grows. His confidence grows. Because he stands, because he trusts, because he doesn't just flee. His confidence grows. His faith grows. He's very clearly here. His confidence is much more, is much higher in verse 16 than it was in verses 1 to 2. I will call upon my God. He shall hear my voice. God will hear again, he says in verse 19, and afflict them. Even he who abides from of old. The one who is from of old. My faithful God. This is not new to him. He is from of old. He was faithful to Abraham, to Moses. He'll be faithful to me. He's been faithful to me in my life up till now. He will be faithful to me in this and even into the future. He is from of old. He doesn't change. Selah. And then there's kind of a flip here in verse 19. God is the one from of old. He will hear. He will afflict them. God is faithful. But, just like God does not change, look what David says here. Because they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. I can trust God because God is faithful. My enemies, they don't change. They don't fear God. Again, he's jumping back. He put forth his hand against me. Against those who were at peace with him. He broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter. But the whole time, war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil. And yet they were drawn swords. And then David jumps back in verse 22. Now he kind of takes the, the role of teacher almost. After having gone through this situation, he, he comes to application. Verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord. The word burdens is the idea of concerns. The things that concern you, the things that hold you down, your burdens. Cast them on the Lord. And notice what he goes on to say in verse 22. Cast your burdens on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But not only that, verse 23, and justice. 
But you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Cast your burdens on the Lord and trust him to sustain you, but also trust him to pour out justice. He will sustain those who trust in him and he will bring justice on those who oppose him. All that God has promised will come to pass, both for the righteous and for the unrighteous. And what David is saying here is, trust them. Whatever burdens you have on your heart, give them to the Lord. Trust him with them. Trust him to sustain you through them, and trust him to do what is right with them. If you can trust God with eternity, you can trust Him with your present circumstances. Graham Scroge, a commentator that I reference often in the psalm, says this, If you are a burden bearer, you have a burden sharer. I thought that was catchy. That stuck in my mind. If you have a burden bearer, if you are a burden bearer, you have a burden Share, cast your burdens on the Lord. So as we go to prayer this evening, and we bring our requests, our concerns, the things that weigh heavy on us, as we bring our burdens, bring them, cast them on the Lord, and trust Him. Trust Him to sustain you, and trust him to do what is right. Cast your burdens on the Lord. Don't just come and mention prayer requests. Don't just throw it out there and then go on like nothing ever changed. As you bring your requests, as you bring your burdens, as you bring your concerns, bring them with faith. As, we, as you mention them, as we pray for them, trust that God hears. Trust that God is working in them. Trust that God will accomplish his purpose, that he will sustain you through whatever it is that you are going through, and that he will do what is right. For he is just. Cast your burdens on the Lord. Trust him.